Jumpstart your healthy resolutions with reduced pricing on all my favorite supplements from Thorne. Right now, my entire curated selection of Thorne supplements is 20% off, including Thorne's cutting-edge brain support formula, Cinequel. I've added Cinequel to my personal daily regimen to fight off cognitive decline. Cinequel is rich in the best researched ingredients that help support brain function. Its active ingredients help maintain cellular energy production, encourage a healthy balance of inflammatory cytokines, kinds, provide energy to fuel the nerves, support neurotransmitter production, and protect against oxidative stress. It's available in two strengths, Cinequel for everyday maintenance and Cinequel Plus, which provides higher amounts of specific nutrients for shorter-term support after impact-related head injury. Just go to DeerHoffman.com Thorn for 20% off Cinequel, as well as my entire curated selection of Thorn products. That's DeerHoffman.com Thorn. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, wherein we answer your questions. Questions come to drhoffman. Uh, sorry, questions at drhoffman.net. And with me today is Layla Mutin, who is our resident nutritionist. And, and Layla, I can't tell you how much I uh, enjoy our sessions together. Uh, it's really great because um, it means that the work that I do uh, is highly enjoyable. You know, a lot of people approach uh, work with kind of you know, a little bit of a sense of dread or boredom, but uh, it's exciting that, you know, this is my way of making a living and my profession, and I actually really, on top of that, really enjoy it. So I do too. And, you know, as you know, this is my second career. I mean, this was really a calling for me. Yes. So, you know, I, I don't work a day in my life as far as I'm concerned. If this is what I'm doing, exactly. it's just fine. Exactly. I could just keep on keeping on. It's, Absolutely. It's, it's occupational therapy that you get yes. paid for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, you know, that being our uh, mutual uh, understanding... Uh, let's yes. proceed because we generally field questions. We have a bunch of questions to field, but I just wanted to comment on uh, this item, uh, which, uh, you know, every morning I, I wake up and my morning routine is uh, I wake up, I turn on my SAD lights, especially uh, in the winter when, you know, I usually wake up before it's light uh, and uh, I read a little bit. And uh, mm -hmm. between the light that I get from my screen, uh, reading the newspaper, reading, you know, social media, you know, looking at email, and the light that I get from my SAD light, it's sort of a bit of a gradual wake-up routine. Uh, you know, I don't generally get up and, you know, jump into action. Mm -hmm. I kind of have transition for a while. So uh, one of the articles that uh, I saw this morning uh, was about weight loss drugs. What else is new? Because, you know, they're in the news. Oh, yeah. And they're extremely popular. And, you know, as you know, and, you know, we, we pointed this out, is that uh, when you lose enormous amounts of weight, with these weight loss drugs, one of the consequences of that is that uh, you tend to also lose a commensurate amount of muscle mass along with the fat mm -hmm. that you lose, uh, which could ultimately be harmful because we know that, you know, even without these medications, simply as a process of aging, you lose muscle mass. That's called sarcopenia. 
And it's yeah. an inevitable process as, as one ages. And you can stave it off to some extent with uh, exercise, particularly resistance exercise. But it's an inexorable process. And, you know, so uh, why take a medication that, you know, will melt the pounds off, but could uh, compromise uh, your strength and mobility? Uh, yes. And also, it, it's metabolically, it's, it's uh, muscles that actually help. Uh, stabilize your blood sugar. Uh, often brittle diabetics are diabetics who have very low muscle mass. And mm -hmm. one of the things that mm -hmm. we want to encourage diabetics, both type 1 and type 2, is to do some resistance training so that they maintain muscle mass because it you know, has to do with the glycogen uh, stores in the <clears> muscles. The yeah. muscles are depots for glycogen, and they can kind of smooth out the ups and downs of blood sugar. Okay, that being said, yeah. so uh, this is actually yesterday from the Wall Street Journal. Mm -hmm. Check this out. I think you'll find this interesting. Obesity drugs lead to muscle loss. Pharma companies want to fix that. Subtitle. Oh. Yeah. Companies seek ways to prevent people from losing muscle when on popular weight loss drugs. So they're actually thinking ahead. And this harkens back. <laughs> no. This is very interesting. This harkens back to July of 2023 when... Uh, Eli Lilly, which who mm -hmm. are they're the developer of uh, Munjaro. Now it's been rebound, rebranded as Zepbound. That's kind of mm. you know, the name for the dual action drug yeah. uh, that is both available as Munjaro, but also Zepbound. Uh, they paid up to one point nine three billion dollars to acquire Versanis, a startup working uh -huh. on. The concept of preventing muscle loss when on these drugs. Now, you might say, well, how, how does that work? Uh, ah. There is this thing called myostatin. Myo means muscle and statin yeah. means stop. Okay. So uh, inherent in the body are mechanisms that promote and at the same time control or inhibit. You know, it's sort of like push-pull, like accelerator mm -hmm. and brakes. And the break mm -hmm. on muscle development is myostatin. And if we can inhibit myostatin or block it entirely, muscle development proceeds without any breaks, just with an accelerator. So an example of which is, I don't know if you remember these astounding pictures of certain type of steer, which is called a Belgian blue, which has been mm. bred to have... Uh, the absence of the myostatin gene. And in the absence of that gene, uh, you have a bull that looks like the cattle equivalent of Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's got like oh you know, my. bulging muscles. And Arnold, yeah. yeah right. <laughs> you know, it's like a bull named Arnold. But uh, so, so, and they've also done this with mice. They've developed mice that have approximately twice the body weight of normal mice, and they dub them mighty mice. So they've actually been able to do <laughs> they've been able to do gene modification to demonstrate that this gene is responsible for muscles. So we come to save the day, right? So <laughs> needless to say, uh, this is like catnip to bodybuilders, right? They want to get a hold of this stuff, you know. I can I was just going right? to ask you, are they lining up for this yeah. stuff? I don't know. Whoa. There may be kind of a subterranean black market for uh, some of the proto-drugs that create this effect. 
because uh, these myostatin inhibitors, uh, there are a bunch of them. And originally, I mean, it's kind of frivolous to say, let's do this for to make super athletes, you know, or super soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, yeah. there are muscle-wasting diseases. In fact, last week we talked about one of them, MD, you know, my, uh, a myasthenia, not myasthenia gravis, uh, the muscular dystrophy, MD. Yes, uh, yes. Which is a muscle-wasting disease. And so mm-hmm. they think that for this and other muscle wasting diseases, this might be an offset. And then, you know, again, for, for older individuals potentially suffering from frailty, this might be an antidote to frailty uh, along, you know, presumably yeah. along with exercise, but sort of like, you know, uh, as an adjunct to that. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> it's very interesting because uh, they're now thinking that the combo drug of the future will be something like Zepbound coupled with something that's going to uh, preserve muscle in the face of weight loss. And that there, it's a big, it's going to be a big moneymaker. Uh, they say that that $1.93 billion acquisition, by the way, you know, Wall Street Journal is, a, is basically a business magazine, right? A business periodical. Yes. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're mm-hmm. talking to investors here. <laughs> you know, they're saying, Oh, yeah. And there's, they're saying that this company is not the only company that's working on this solution, that there's a bunch of companies that think this is the holy grail. Uh, and wow. that they, they're working on these myostatin inhibitor drugs. Now, we don't know what the potential side effects of these things are because it's it's not nice to fool with Mother Nature. And I think we have a question that we're going to address uh, later in among our questions that's going to illustrate yeah. that principle is that sometimes something that works for some feature of our metabolism that we want to address may have adverse effects at another level. Um, right. So, so, but it, it it's kind of interesting is that I mean, if you think these pharmaceutical companies are asleep at the switch, uh, they are one step ahead of us, as evinced by this multi-billion dollar acquisition. I I just had a tiny visual, no, big visual of nursing home patients marching out of the nursing homes and going back to independent living due to taking these myostatin inhibitor drugs because they all wound up frail because of their sarcopenia to begin with. Wow. Wasn't there a movie about that? Was it, what was it called? Cocoon? I don't know, like? but there should there was be. Like, there was like, it was like <laughs> the, they discovered the, the fountain of youth and that all these, uh, you know, aged folks were regaining, uh, you know, debilitated folks were regaining their vitality and, you know, becoming Listen, uh, sexy Dr. and athletic. Hoffman. Right, right. I've told patients and people have heard me who listen to this podcast say, if there is a fountain of youth, I do believe it's strength training, meaning yes. maintaining your, your lean body mass, your muscle mass. Absolutely. So you never become frail. And, yeah. and, and by the way, wow. with, the, with the added insight, and I have a, an article here, all the benefits of exercise, but an additional one is that uh, uh, exercise contributes to tissue regeneration. So it, the exercise mm. itself amps up the body's ability to repair tissue. And I have to say that this is something that I'm acutely aware of in, in my training is that, uh, you know, I train uh, to the point of stressing my muscles. But I also believe that there is a, uh, you know, the word hormesis, you know. Uh, yes. You know, the, you know, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Exactly. And yeah. Actually, yeah. by in so doing, by inducing a little, by toasting my muscles a little bit, uh, I can actually get 
some healing and regenerative effect, which is important. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's you got to hit the sweet spot. Yeah, too little, not enough. That's true. That's true. Yep, not too much. And just make an analogy. Injurious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's like the the apple or pear that's got a little bruise on it may have developed more antioxidants Mm -hmm. in an effort to deal with that bruise. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Or something like that, right? Right. So fascinating. Right. So good stuff. stuff. Uh, Anyway, so let you know because this is a question forum. uh, Let's limit our our discussion on this topic. Uh, Oh, by the way, if oh, but it's fascinating. Yeah. Mm. If if anybody has some of this stuff, this myostatin inhibitor, uh, you know, please uh, tell me the source because I'm I'm want to start taking it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to have to line up like all the people lining up around the block for Ozempic and Munjaro and oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. That is something. So, um, uh, yeah. so let's get to questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, we have a mailbag with a lot of great questions. I got to say, I'm very pleased because we had a little bit of a lull around the holidays. I think people got preoccupied around, you know, Christmas and, you know, were a little sure uh, overwhelmed at New Year's. But our, uh, the number of questions that people are sending us really great, and we're going to address mm-hmm. as many of them as we can. And in addition, on my radio program, where you call eight seven 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 two five, I'll have to check that number you have in front of me. I think eight seven 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 two six eight two five 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 to right. record your question. Exactly. Yes. If you call mm-hmm. that, uh, if you call that number, you can record a question, and that's those are questions that I answer live on the radio program. Uh, yes. So. Great response. We had a lot of questions last yeah. week. So people yeah. are back in the swing of things. And yes. so let's um, let's address some of our listeners' questions. Okay. We've got an email from, from Michael. Uh, Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. Longtime listener and a great fan of you two. Michael is 80 years old. He's 110 and he wishes to gain more. He says, I work out regularly, aerobics, weight-resistant exercises, yoga, tai chi. I engage in intermittent fasting, and I endeavor to have a relatively low-carb diet. And when I do eat carbs, I'll eat them with good fat. I take a variety of supplements to lower my blood sugar, berberine, chromium, cinnamon, uh, gymnema. Uh, Despite all the above, Michael says, my A1C has always ranged between 5.6 and the latest 5.9. I'd love to get it at the very least in the low fives for reasons you two have discussed. Finding it difficult to go on a keto diet or very low diet, low carb diet, because I cannot get kosher meat where I live, but I do eat much fatty fish and turkey. It might actually produce. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, well, listen, yeah, he's 80. Yeah. He's 80. Yeah. A 5.9 is not terrible at age 80. Right. 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 And Michael, I want to remind you, if you got your latest A1C checked and it's a 5.9, I want you to go back and remember when you had that blood draw, were you getting over a cold? Did you have a cold? Yep. The sniffles, these things can raise blood sugar. So let, let's talk about some of the right. factors that may, may limit the ability of people to optimize their blood sugar at, at 80. Uh, number one yeah. is insulin resistance, where, you know, you get yeah. progressively fatter and uh, you, because of the inhibition of uh, lipoprotein lipase, 
you end up uh, becoming more, you know, it has a relationship to insulin. Uh, you store more fat, vicious cycle, uh, blood sugar, ups and downs. You crave sugar. And that's the predominant yeah. kind of problem that people experience as they age. Uh, the, that is, but Michael's 110. Exactly. And, that and is, he's wishing to gain more. Yeah. Right. So, so that he's, he's not that case. In fact, he's a more difficult right. case because, uh, he had, were he like, you know, 210, uh, I'd say, you know, get on a low carb diet. <clears throat> well, he's already on a low carb diet and, you know, he's yeah. already taking plausible supplements. So what happens sometimes as he age is that your pancreas, you know, like many organs weakens in its function. And, you know, we might do a study on him and measure insulin, but also measure C peptide, which is an even more precise measurement of uh, your own body's insulin production. And we mm -hmm. might find that he is a little low in insulin production. And not that the solution is uh, insulin, because I'd rather not, you know, put it, make a person no. dependent on insulin for a minor elevation in blood sugar. But um, it's a little bit of a, of a, a you know, more difficult uh, situation. I mean, one of the things that may help us a little bit of an insulin releaser to promote insulin is um, gymnema. Gymnema, actually. He is taking gymnema. And he is yeah. taking it. Okay, so yes. uh, the other thing that's happening is that as one ages, one's ability to absorb and assimilate nutrients decreases. So there may be a bit of an absorption problem. Uh, hmm. And, you know, that may be correctable with digestive enzymes. But finally, the most important thing that causes men to become a little bit frail and sometimes contributes to blood sugar problems is low levels of testosterone, low levels of androgens. And so if you yeah. were a patient, uh, you know, I can envision somebody coming in with that kind of dilemma. Uh, I would measure his DHEA and I would measure his testosterone. And if he doesn't have, uh, you know, a potential prostate problem, uh, I would feel comfortable prescribing either or both of DHEA and testosterone because testosterone is anabolic and mm -hmm. anabolic uh, steroids tend to help people put on muscle with resistance exercise. So, you know, there's a reason why uh, women, you know, do a lot of resistance exercise, but they can't hold a candle to men in terms of muscle development. You know, you see female gymnasts and they don't look like male gymnasts. Uh, mm -hmm. They do the same routine. And they're extremely strong and muscular, but, you know, it's the testosterone that makes for those big bulging biceps and deltoids. Yes. And, you know, uh, uh, you know the, the muscles that you see in, in male gymnasts and male bodybuilders. So, mm -hmm. yeah, um, I mean, it, it, it is a bit of uh, – it, it's a little bit more difficult than – the many patients we see who have deteriorating yeah. hemoglobin A1C. And by the way, you know, just for reference, what we want to see is we want to see a hemoglobin A1C of 5.6 or less. Uh, the region between 5.7 and 6.2 is in the pre-diabetic range. Uh, some people think 6.4 is the cutoff for diabetes. I'd prefer it to be 6.2. And that is yeah. the beginning threshold of diabetes. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, for many Insulin-dependent diabetics, if you can get your blood sugar down into the low sixes, that's a, that's an accomplishment. Um, yes. So, I mean, look, I wouldn't sweat it, uh, mm -hmm. but, you know, if there may be a path towards optimization and uh, it's commendable that, you know, he's not just resigning himself to the fact that, yeah, I'm getting old and, you know, this is what's going to happen. Right. You're right. So, Michael, okay, best of luck to you. 
And yep. you know what? One of the best exercises that you could do, Michael, for resistance training and to boost testosterone is deep knee bends. Mm-hmm. You know, squats. Squats. Mm-hmm. Jack. Jack LaLanne type of stuff, like even calisthenics and things like that, you know. You know, wall squats or, you know, get one of those inflatable balls and, you know, place it uh, against the the wall for some, create a little instability and then press against the ball and try and uh, hold yourself like, uh, you know, the shape of a, you know, your body, the shape of a chair uh, or the letter lowercase h, you know, is, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a good way to uh, help your uh, thigh muscles, your quadriceps, which actually mm-hmm. there's a relationship between quadriceps muscle strength and testosterone. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Michael, thank you for this very thoughtful email. All right. Got one. Oh, another almost 80 year old. This is Susan. Dr. Hoffman, I would love hearing your views on aging. I'm lucky to be nearing 80, but I find it's not as I expected. My past 10,000 a day steps are now 5,000. File that under, be careful what you wish for. (laughs) Right, right, right. My 10,000 steps is now down to 5,000. Arthritis has made long walks less enjoyable unless I take aspirin or meloxicam, Mm -hmm. and I'm not happy about taking medication, right? So I would love it if you would discuss aging. And I imagine many of your fans are getting on in years and that you still avidly exercise astounded me. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Yeah, you know, this is a real uh, essay question. I'm really happy to to address it because um, the, the secret to aging is, you know, to develop kind of workarounds because it's inevitable that you're going to have some limitations, some aches or pains, some injuries, because frankly, the tissue becomes more susceptible. And also, you know, one's cardio uh, capabilities, one's ability to generate, you know, really high levels of heart rate and maintain them and to Mm -hmm. uh, consume oxygen decline with aging. And um, so, uh, what I actually highlighted on the weekly radio program is uh, a case study of a guy who's 92. Now he's 93, but at the time of the study, he was 92, who is a, a champion uh, master's rower uh, in his age category, which is rarefied age category because there's not a lot of champion uh, indoor rowers. And when they study him physiologically, he is actually, uh, I mean, there's no question that he's not comparable to you know, a, uh, a rower in his prime, you know, like a college mm-hmm. varsity rower, you know, who might have like three times the athletic prowess and lung capacity and uh, oxygen consumption capabilities. But he's quite comparable to uh, moderately well-trained, you know, 40-year-olds and 50-year-olds. But what he illustrates is there is a decline, but there's also a lot of plasticity and there's the ability to maintain with proper training. So the body is quite remarkable in that respect. Um, but, you know, it's some of it's genetics, some of it's luck of the draw because, you know, injuries and arthritis uh, preclude exercise for some people and there's a lot of pain involved, yeah. limitations. Um, so what I try to do is, uh, you know, to use the analogy, you know, way to work out, of, uh, you know, like bacon on a scale of, you know, zero to five. Sometimes you've seen these these pictures of like, how do you like your bacon? You know, it's like relatively, oh, yeah. you know, relatively, you know, l- like raw or do you like it like black? And I like an exercise <laughs> right. to credit kind of 
make making my muscles experience like sort of crispy bacon effect, but without turning into char. Because yes, uh, you especially as you age, you got to be a little careful. So, for example, this morning, uh, I'm preparing mm-hmm. for a bike trip. Uh, I'm going to go to Costa Rica uh, next uh, month to do a long bike trip, and I'm sort of training and it's a little harder in the winter because I can't do as much outdoor training and I went to the gym and I trained while listening to a podcast but sort of gently training because I don't want to I want to you know keep myself limber and get an aerobic workout but I don't want to create the potential for injury so I'm not going to go all out yeah so I went like 60% just for consistency just to you know maintain a a little bit of level of breathlessness and but, you know, you got to do it very gradually. And I've been very consistent. And consistency is is the name of the game. And I've been consistent. Uh, you know, I've been doing it since my 20s. But my consistency really began, uh, you know, in my late 40s. I mean, I've done a marathon at, mm-hmm. at 39. And I've done triathlon since, you know, I was 38. <clears throat> uh, but, you know, the the really what you want to do is have consistency and you also want to have a balance between aerobic and resistance training. So resistance training is important as you yeah. age. It's also important for supporting your aerobic activities because it's it's hard to just, you know, lace on the sneakers and run every day, you know, without doing some core training, without, you know, strengthening your glutes or strengthening your, your hamstrings. Uh, otherwise, you're just going to hurt yourself. So, um, you know, I use some things for that I think help my athleticism. I uh, take extra protein in a protein shake. I throw in mm-hmm. some creatine. Um, I also yes. uh, use, you know, coenzyme Q10. Some I use magnesium. NAD, magnesium, absolutely, for muscle cramps uh, and, you know, mostly to some extent muscle strength. And um, I'm also using something called MitoPure, which is a uh, urolithin. Uh, supplement that, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure that the science is that well substantiated there, but I think it's sufficiently there for me to make the investment on something that's relatively, uh, you know, low risk in terms of detrimental effects. Yeah. So um, mitochondrial support is important. Yeah. yeah. So it so mm-hmm. I mean, and the other thing is uh, you got to enjoy it. Uh, and also I look for opportunities like, uh, you know, the other night I was faced with, uh, you know, I went to visit uh, some family. Uh, downtown, you know, like about three miles away. And I took the subway down because it was cold. But then it was like, you know, what do I do when I go back? Um, well, let me walk. You know, I've got the time. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's going to be a little arduous because there was a bit of a north wind. And, uh, you know, again, on the principle of hormesis, what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. You know, I took that walk and I just made sure that I put in the requisite time in an aerobic state. You know, right, right. So and 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 you look before crossing and look over your shoulder if if the neighborhood you were walking through was not a uh, <laughs> uh, less desirable or yeah. anything like that. I, mean, I think people. It is New York City. People everyone. exaggerate okay. the perils of New York. I think people live outside New York think it's like you know it's just a hotbed yeah. of, of violent crime. But you know. Look, I think uh, one has to live one's life. Uh, but the other thing I, I, I would do, True. and this is a little bit of a, a technique that I use sometimes, is that like I'll be riding my bike and I'll experience, you know, there's so many ways that you can experience pain. You can have you can have neck pain, you can have back pain, you can have foot pain, you can have knee pain. Uh, you know, there's all kinds of variations on that. And when I experience pain, what I try – because – Cycling, especially when you cycle uphill, you know, up and down hills, mm-hmm. it 
it's painful. I don't care what age you are, but especially if you're older, you're going to put, you know, there's, it's going to hurt some things. Uh, I try to focus Mm -hmm. on what's, what doesn't hurt. And I do a, like a mental switch and I go, okay, so my, uh, my hip is hurting, but what's not hurt? Amazing. Like my feet feel really good. My knees don't hurt. Um, and I focus on that. Oh, I see. And it's kind of like a... Okay. I do a kind of a switcheroo on that. And I find it a helpful technique for overcoming uh, discomfort. Now, you can't ignore pain signals because if you get, you know, certain... Like if your knee is... That's your body telling you yeah. something is up. If your knee is yeah. grinding your gears, is you should really stop. <laughs> you know, but yeah. there's this, there is a <laughs> yeah. certain type of pain which is not a signal that you're really injuring your tissue. So, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, really, again, it's sort of like I, I want to get, you know, crispy bacon, but not blackened bacon. And right. when, and then you get a better response from your muscles. And mm-hmm. and as you age, you got to know when to hold and when to fold. You got to also, you know, part of the problem is you have that memory of the your previous accomplishments, and you go, oh my god, I am so it's so different, like. I'll look at my speed on the treadmill for things that yeah. I used to do. And I remember when I did the marathon, uh, after the marathon, I, I, I was injured. You know, my, mm-hmm. my thigh was injured. And I said, I remarked to myself, my goodness, I can only go like five miles per hour on the yeah. treadmill when I usually, I mean, I could go seven. Now, I, this is like 20, this is like 30 years later. Yeah, thirty years later. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. More than thirty years later, I I can go at that pace where I was, which was my injury pace, <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm glad I can do that. Wow. At that point. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Uh, so, but but you know, I got to like I can't. You can't expect the glory, and you have to do kind of a like a reset on your expectations. Yeah. Uh, just a little funny story here. About 20 years ago, when my husband turned 50, mm-hmm. he was a former gymnast, oh, semi-serious wow. former gymnast. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, so when he turned 50, he couldn't do backflips. And I like that started to all go away. And it was... <laughs> you, you mean like those football players, they do the end zone celebration and they do a backflip. I just always... A black, backflip. They just scored a touchdown right. and then they just do a backflip just to kind of like show Unbelievable. off. Unbelievable. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. So here we are. But it's great to be able to stay active, keep our faculties, all of that. We've got a we've got another question coming up, actually, more about aging and uh, and alpha ketoglutarate. Yes. Yeah. Give us a preview possibly. of that question because we're going to. Uh, yeah. Time's limited for yeah. part one and we'll go to part two. I, I've been reading about some of the benefits of AKG, alpha-ketoglutarate. Have you and Dr. Hoffman heard about it? What do you think about this? Okay, alpha-ketoglutarate. Uh, interesting topic, and we'll uh, focus on that nutrient when we return, plus more questions. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman, and just a reminder, uh, you know, when it comes to supplements, uh you can give the announcement of the website. I always forget it. Uh, but uh, yes. Fullscript is a place where 
you can access uh, supplements and you can be sure of their mm-hmm. quality, their safety, their freshness, uh, and yes. get prompt uh, speedy delivery. And that is... Right. You can shop hundreds of curated vetted supplements in Dr. Hoffman's full script dispensary. That's drhoffmanstore.com. drhoffmanstore.com. That's simple enough. Why can't I remember? I mean, I remember yeah. all kinds of esoteric facts, and I can't remember the, the, my own. That's okay. You got a lot more salient stuff to remember and do and all that kind of stuff. I only yeah. have... Uh, it's all right. I need a bigger, I need a terabyte memory, uh, not a, <laughs> I just have a gigabyte memory. So I don't, I need like, okay. a, I need an upgrade to my RAM, my random access there, memory. Okay. There you go. All right. So when we return, uh, more of our questions. I'm Dr. Ronald mm-hmm. Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. And this is the Intelligent Medicine Podcast. 